0: Consumers and employers, are you feeling like you're in the dark when it comes to health care and retirement benefits? Don't suffer the bloody trauma of searching for low-cost, no-cost premiums. True Care Insurance Services specializes in clearing up those insurance mysteries. Our clients get the best benefits at the lowest costs. Discover the peace of mind that a comprehensive health insurance plan offers. For you, for your family, for your employees. True Care Insurance Services. Call 713-242-1664 today for a secure tomorrow. It's a true crime to accept anything less than the best. You're listening to FPI Unsolved. In this episode, we're speaking with one of the occupants of a San Francisco hotel with a terrifying unknown guest that may or may not be hiding in a hotel room. And that's not the only bump in the night. An ongoing murder mystery, FPI Unsolved is investigating. Here's your host, managing investigator and broadcast producer, Regina Romain. And
1: there's so many things happening in this hotel and uh it just can't be explained. The guest in one of the vacant hotel rooms, but we can't see him. Then there's a victim in the hotel where we, we, uh, we can't find. Uh, we think he's hidden somewhere in the hotel. And then there was a murder not too long ago. We have one of the documents. We go right to the source. Michael E. Gentry Jr. He's an up and coming writer, producer. Uh, now, don't get it twisted, He's not writing anything about the hotel. You know, he's living it. Okay. But he's not writing things and like we're making this shit up. You know, we're actually talking about what's going on in the hotel because he's an occupant. But, Michael, how do you know all this stuff is going on at this hotel and still staying there? That's what I want to know.
2: Regina, to be honest, I am I can't even I can't even get to the to the bottom of it. I mean it's it's crazy around here. I mean I'm I, and I'm from Alabama but and I'm thinking <laughs> some crazy stuff, but moving right. out here to California they like a different type of crazy out here. Right so I I ain't using stuff like this, but you know, people, people ask me that like all the time, like, Oh, why are you saying a hotel? But I was like, First of all, because it's cheaper, but you know, it's it's one of those things where I say a lot a lot of money because it's expensive in California, but yeah, exactly. you know I guess along with that, you know, you start seeing crazy stuff because, I, you know, I guess the, the only benefit of being in the neighborhood, you can know your neighbors. But, you right know, right. in this hotel, I don't, I don't know these people.
1: Right. Well, Michael, I grew up in a in a haunted house. I know about things that happen. Not saying this. OK, we're investigating this hotel. We're not saying, OK, it's haunted or whatever. You know, we know there's murders there. Uh, uh-huh. Like I said, I'm not saying, but I am saying, <laughs> you know, because I'm listening to you. I want to talk about the room that's unoccupied but seems to have a guest. You know the room I'm talking about.
2: Oh oh yeah, I know. I definitely know the room you talk about. I'm I'm gonna tell you about that room, and I I know it quite well because I'm right next to that room. Right. You know that. Yeah, that room. Now you know. You said, look, look,
1: look. He said he's right next to the room where it's unoccupied, but it has a guest. Now think about that. You think? Just think about that. The room is unoccupied. But it has to be. Yeah,
2: ain't, ain't no, ain't nobody in there, Regina. Right. And it, <laughs> it, through the window, you can, look, you can look up through the, you know, past the window, <laughs> you can look inside and see ain't nobody in there. So you know, I would clearly see if somebody was lying in bed or in the bathroom or washing
1: their hands. I mean, you can't see. You can see everything. Yeah. You can see nobody.
2: Everything, mm-hmm. everything, and anything. In mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite obvious that nobody is in that room.
2: You know, we like I said. You know, the thing is, if a, if a room is occupied, typically the curtains are closed and, you know, if it's unoccupied, they, you know, the housekeepers, they'll keep the, they'll keep the uh, curtains open and they'll keep the lights off. So anyway, so as we're coming downstairs, you know, we're going down to the second floor because we're on the third floor. And so as we're coming down the stairs, we, uh, as we get to the bottom of the stairs, we see this uh, room right in front of us. And so the room the light is on but nobody's inside and so you know out of curiosity i'm just uh looking inside you know my brother and i were like okay just look at the room we like know, yeah, nice room so of course we go up to the window looking inside like okay the lights are on nobody in here you know definitely don't want to creep nobody out by just coming up to the window but you can okay. see you know there's no glare so you know if i'm coming up somebody's window i would see them and they would most definitely see me Exactly. Uh, Yeah, but anyway, so, you know, we look inside. We don't think too much about it. All right, they must have left the lights on. But anyway, we go and get some ice. And I kid you not, maybe like 20, 25 seconds, you know, we we get our ice. We come back. You know, my my brother and I, we chit-chatting or whatever. And so we pass by the room again and look to the right as we're we're approaching stairs. I'm like, the light's off now. And, you know, I'm looking back at my brother and I'm asking him, like, wait a minute, dude. This light was just on. He's like, yeah. You know, so we're both looking kind of crazy. Like, how did the light go off? Because, you know, at this hotel, there's no automatic sensor lights. You know, these type of lights, you have Mm -hmm. to cut them on and cut them off with a switch. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and it's also not one of those lights to where, you know, if it stays on for too long, it cuts off. None of that. Because we've been here long enough to know that's not the case. So, the fact that, you know, within that span of like 20, 25 seconds, the the light was off. And so, we're looking... You know, looking around. So I actually go up to the window and I'm like looking around. I'm like, you know, asking my brother, "Is somebody in here?" Or, you know, how that was kind of quick, right? Right, right. Look, look,
1: yeah. Michael. Right there, when you know that a light just doesn't go off and on by itself, and you're right there looking at, you're right there looking at the room. Okay, I know your brother is with you, but what's happening right then? I mean, I'm like, that's just too crazy for you to be walking by a room and then the light is coming on and you know nobody nobody's in that room. Exactly. Like, Regina, ain't nobody go in there. You know, the door isn't... I mean, ready. I would have ran, <laughs> ran back down the stairs. I don't think I would have ran back down stairs. I don't think I would have went to a room. I would have <laughs> went and got somebody or I don't know what to get, the maid or somebody say, hey, open that door up and see. I need to see. Is somebody under the bed? That's to me, somebody's trying to get your attention already. If the light was on and it turned off and there's no one in that room and the light just turned off.
2: No one in the
1: room. And it's just going to turn off. It's like, and just like you said earlier to me that you have to manually turn that light off. It's not just like a glitch or something that you just, you know, it's just going to turn off. You have to manually turn that off in that room. All the rooms are alike. There's no special different uh, hotel room. And, yes, someone turned, well, someone or something turned that light off.
2: Within that span of about 20, more than 25 seconds of the light being on to us passing again, the light was off, is what was creepy enough. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, you could tell, there was nobody in the bathroom. And that was one thing I remember uh, passing by, the bathroom light wasn't on. You know, there were no clothes hanging inside. So, you know, the room, the room is vacant. There's, there's no Occupancy in that in, in that particular room. So in that span of that twenty to twenty-five seconds, however, that light manually cut off again. And I, I uh, also remember we stayed there to look, and as we having the conversation, and it never cut back on. And so that was the thing. We don't know how long that light had been on, and uh, why it suddenly went off. But like I said, you know, if it was glitching or if it were uh, some type of a, uh, failure going on with the lights, we would see it blinking because you know in our room we've seen the light where uh, right before it goes out there's a glitch to it it gets dim and then it eventually goes out um, and we have to have it replaced but this light was perfectly on um, as bright as normal as every other room and then in that span of 20 25 seconds it was cut off again yeah, and but, i wish i wish i'd have been i wish i could have got a better view to see that light switch
1: yeah, yeah i don't <laughs> but, think i want to see are well, you getting close enough to see the light switch i I'm telling who else you was going to see or not see. I don't know. But, you know, (laughs) that's not even the worst part because you told me about that. Isn't that the same night uh, that a murder happened over your, you guys were in the room, but the room above your head, the room above you, there was a murder that same night.
2: Uh, yes, So uh, I want to say maybe not that same night, but the following night that happened. So I think the, mm-hmm. the room with the light being on, that was the first uh, creepy thing that we noticed. But then that following day is mm-hmm. where we had the person being murdered in the room. Right. And that's bizarre enough.
1: Right. And then, you know, police were, were there and everything. That murder is still unsolved. And of course, the hotel is not reporting the exact happenings and what went on in that room.
2: You know, there, there's no incident report and, you know, it's a fairly nice area. So the fact that, you know, this particular city in particular area wants to maintain that image because of course they want the money, they want the guests, but <laughs> mm-hmm. along with that is the drama and other bizarre things going on. Uh, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. We will we'll be getting back to that later. Also in another episode, because, uh, Of that murder and what went on there um but this hotel is like to us the cecil hotel in downtown you know downtown los angeles now you guys are in san francisco and that's in california too i was like i don't know what's (laughs) wrong with these hotels in california (laughs) but it sounds like the cecil hotel you know because we're not reporting everything that's going on right now we're just talking about a couple of things and we're letting the audience know you are an occupant in that hotel. You will be referring to us as we go through this investigation.
2: Of course, I, I do realize being at a in the same state as the Caesar Hotel, you know, doing all these crazy things that goes on in California, kind of makes me uh, uh turn an eye, you know, to every person that's walking around, to every person I'm saying hello to, because I just don't know what type of person or guess I'm going to be next to and, you know, what type of action is going to take place in their room at any given moment.
1: Right. And we're not just because, and just because this is similar to the Cecil hotel, we don't want the audience, you know, thinking that they can start exploring and investigating their also, you know, because that's what happened with the Cecil hotel, you know, with Elisa Lamb. Uh, we're not asking you to do that. This is an FBI case. We are investigating, we're taking care of things. And it's the reasons why with our, uh, With our podcast, some things are not going to be reported to the public because we don't want any mishaps with other people. You know, nothing is accidental with unsolved crime mysteries. There's nothing accidental. There is always a motive, a plan. And, Michael, you're also a perfect source to speak with. Not because you're an occupant in an ongoing murder mystery investigation, but you also wrote a screenplay called Neighborhood Watch based on true events inspired by facts hey, can we say the Cecil Hotel? <laughs> <Circumstance>, <laughs> let's just say it will have you scared to live in your own neighborhood. Neighborhood Watch has gotten a lot of interest, you know, from producers, film companies, you know, and so like with FBI, we're also attached to that project because it will probably be part of one of our documentaries or another feature of investigations. You've also written other things that's happened, you know, it's real life. And Yes. That's why you're in California. You know, as a writer, you write screenplays and things like that.
2: Yes. And it it helps. And thank you for that, Regina. You know, being that writer, being able to uh, interconnect that to experiences um, that I've witnessed for FBI. Like you said, as as far as what future cases, you know, a lot of these cases make for uh, great potential screenplays and or TV series. So, you know, that's a lot of my inspiration, a lot of things that are occurring around me. Uh, pretty much influences my style of writing and the content that I write about. So uh, that's interesting in itself, very ironic, uh, the compatibility of both real-world situations inspiring uh, narrative fiction.
1: FBI Unsolved, you know, we cover true crime stories. You know, Uh, we we expose them. We're not just talking about these investigations like the majority of people do. We are solving cases and uh, reporting and exposing what's really going on. Cause that's the point,
2: as you mentioned, exposing these things that um, are sometimes hidden, you know, you have a lot of families and and victims um, who are seeking any type of justice or answers. And, you know, they don't receive that from police departments. So they're always seeking somebody to help me. Um, And we understand that it's, you know, such a um, egregious process, having to reach out to people having to plead with police departments and others to help, um, their families, you know, to get the justice that they're looking for. So with FBI, that's what I'm grateful for with FBI, because um, FBI, we're all about helping those families to get answers that they don't have, to bring about that closure that they seek, and also being uh, the transparency of being open with these people and, uh, as you said, exposing things that some people may try to hide because we don't know who's connected to it, you know, certain police departments or people connected to law enforcement, we just don't know. But uh, we're definitely down to getting to the bottom of it and bringing about the closure and answers, you know, for these uh, families.
1: I would like to thank the audience for listening and my guest, Mr. Michael E. Gentry Jr. This is an ongoing investigation, so check back with us for our next episode.
0: Funded mainly through advertisement and donations, FPI Unsolved is an independent production of FPI Justice for Victims' Families, a 501c3 nonprofit. FPI Unsolved is hosted, directed and executive produced by Regina Romain. Follow FPI Unsolved on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. Our website can be found at fpijustice.org. To find us on Facebook and TikTok, search FPI and FPI Justice.